Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one goth. It is an exciting killing time, I think, because we're all together. We are. We haven't done a killing time together in a while, and it feels refreshing. It feels good. Mm-hmm. We've been spending a lot of time together recently, and I, I've really been liking it for my soul. Aww. Feels really good. That's lovely. And Billy is holding on to his mic. I'm holding on to my mic because we had a discussion that we were going to do handheld mic. I know, but it's mic. weird because there's a stand attached <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah, I'm, so like, I'm doing it like I'm Bono. I don't know that that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, Alexis is going to take a picture or a video and we'll post it because it is a little bit uncomfortable. You, it looks like, like an spi- octopus is fucking attacking you. Or this like a spider a, or something. Yeah. This is not a rebel song. All right. Well, we'll post this on our social media so you have an idea of what we're talking yeah. about sure. because this is an audio <laughs> podcast. That's right. Um, how are we doing? How are we feeling? You know, I'm in the midst of a move, so my spirits are low because there's nothing worse than feeling like you don't know where your socks are. You don't yeah. know where to find a pair of underwear. You don't know where to find your toothbrush. Like, I'm in chaos right now. Yeah, you are. So I'm a little disturbed in that way. But other than that, I'm feeling grateful. <laughs> I um, am in the throes of trying to find a fucking venue for my wedding. Oh my gosh, Mm. I know. And I just didn't realize that everything in this world is so expensive. It's pretty pretty crazy. So I'm looking for... They want you to spend $100,000 for anything in the planet. Anything. 100 birth. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Wedding venue... Um, move like they want the total is $100,000. Yeah. That's just the new, that's the new baseline baseline for anything in life. Yeah. But I did meant to have any joy. I did want to throw this out into the universe because I'm sure we've had a lot of firsties that have gone to amazing weddings or have had amazing weddings. I want a boutique sort of a hotel vibe. So please let me know if you've been to like a great, a great wedding that might be beachfront or maybe like in a beautiful European destination. Yes, and we want to paint an even better picture. What Jack loves, and we experienced this at our uh, one of our mutual best friends' weddings. She likes the idea of like a weekend together with everyone. Yes. A place that's sort of got some communal, like some community places to meet for breakfast and stuff and, and things like that and, and places to gather where everyone's staying at the same place yeah. and there can be pockets of people late at night or early in the morning, yes. people getting together. But like a weekend of fun and somewhere where lot, you know, 50 people could all sort of be together and bop in and out of group settings. Yes. Which is a hard thing to articulate, but that's sort of it, right? It is. Yeah. Basically, I just care about having everybody together in one place. Like, yeah. That's my main thing I'm looking for. But this isn't a podcast about my wedding planning. But I did. You never know who's listening. You know, it's, somebody you might never have know. the dream Someone place. Someone might own a hotel who's listening. That's mm-hmm. true. All right. Yeah. Well, let me know. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, let's give a little shout out to our Patreon. Yeah. We because love you, Patries. Patreonies. 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 If you haven't joined our Patreon, so much fun stuff is happening over there. There is some good content there. I'm very proud of it. It's yeah. like our be- It's like us unfiltered mm-hmm. in our very core state. It's more yes. soulful. I mean, we can be a lot more authentic. We're not sort of like, um, I don't know, <laughs> under, under a microscope in the same way. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, I think that's all the housekeeping that we have going on. Yes. B- Billy, what day is it today? You know what? I was sad that you actually, I love, I love the Patreon people, but I had a great segue from you looking for a hotel to what the day is, because oh. the dark day is June 16th, 1960. That was when Psycho was released. Mm. And of ah. course... This the Bates is, Motel, yes. That's right. And the Bates Motel is probably is less than a mile away from where we're uh, sitting right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's at Universal Studios. It's at Universal Studios. And um, it's also there with the, the house up on the hill. Have you guys done that tour? No. You I haven't? Have. Oh, yeah. I have. Yeah. Oh, I, I love did, it. I did the... I, I went to a Bates Motel thing 
at Universal Horror Nights. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's probably the same. Hotel. I did their haunted. I did their haunted thing. I love the tour that they do. They do the tour through like everything through the Jaws set and the yes. backdraft. And oh, I'm sure it's the same thing. And then you go past the Bates Motel, and then they have somebody uh, like acting as Norman Bates, and then he comes out with a knife. With a knife. Oh yeah. yeah. No, this is for sure the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. You just saw it at Horror Night. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they did it for Halloween. I thought I thought it was only there for scary times. Yeah. Oh no, it's yeah. their like their tour that happens like t- five hundred times a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you literally you turn the corner, and then you're in the um, the day the Earth stood still set where yeah. there's literally a crashed 747 which i always thought was a very odd choice it is to like, have it people don't pork. like people don't like to joke about plane crashes yeah. like and it's too real and there it is it's just there <laughs> people don't like so that weird i surely don't like give me like anyone doing a horror house if they did it like a, a haunted house for horror nights or something mm-hmm. a plane crash mm. no one would ever be more scared mm-hmm. no like that's the scariest thing that could ever exist final destination the first one i don't know if we've talked about this before but it's like one of the scariest movies in the world for me because of the plane crash that started Mm -hmm. it all like that freaks me out i can't watch a plane crash ever it's it's the mundane it's the mundane that's really scary where it's like because that is sort of relatable for everyone where it's like going to visit nana could kill, could kill me yeah. you just never know welcome, when that when that metal tube falls welcome, out of the air welcome to universal studios exactly <laughs> so as you know um psycho it's about a secretary who leaves phoenix arizona by the way shout mm. out to oh. uh, jared and or yourself or myself <laughs> who has a house in phoenix and he he uh, she um has 40 grand she absconds with 40 grand absconds yes she Whoa. goes to uh the bates motel which is run by a shy awkward man named norman bates yep. and his domineering elderly mom so when she's taking a shower she is stabbed fatally by the mom but it turns out spoiler alert it, and this was one of like the big, big spoilers ever. Um, it turns out that it was Norman Bates dressed as his mom. Whack. Yeah. Obviously, you guys have probably noticed I've said whack today more than usual. This mm-hmm. is a new thing I'm trying. I don't know why. <laughs> but like whack, right? Like I, it, it seems to work. I, I like whack. It's your new neighborhood, I'm maybe. into it. I use, I use whack. I'm in the same neighborhood, Billy. <laughs> I, I moved like 200 feet from my old place. I like, I mean, I think I use whack. Whack is not, the, it's not my number one word, but it's, it's, it's becoming my, in the top 10. Becoming my number one. I yeah. like whack it. is great. It's good for you. Yeah. I feel it. Thank you. So Psycho was um, one of the, was whack. It was, it's considered one of the greatest films of all time. It set a, uh, you know, it was considered incredibly violent, especially that shower scene. And it was was also loosely based on the real life killings of Ed Gain. So for True Crime Rewind, we were going to look at some horror movies that were um, inspired by real life killings. And I didn't know that. I didn't either. Yeah. A new wrinkle in my brain. Well, I know he was doing weird, like Frankenstein-y type things, right? But I didn't, I didn't equate that with sort of the shower scene you know it is sort of same thing we dealt with um scream yeah and Mm -hmm. we dealt with sort of danny rawling right Mm -hmm. but they said that one was based on the other but there weren't these very obvious connections so i think we're dealing with some of that as Mm -hmm. well absolutely we're gonna get into all of those when we come back for true crime rewind yes but before then we have got some bitching to well, we do could, we could also do true crime in real time forgot about that that's okay you know what? it's weird because we're not like in our normal like yeah. settings Setting. that we're mm-hmm. recording that i actually don't remember how killing time works all right so 
This is coming from newsobserver.com. And I, I, uh, there was a guy who he was working at a nuclear power plant and in North Carolina. He won a $10 million lottery prize in 2017. He was just sentenced to life in prison because um, last year or the year before, he actually killed his 23-year-old girlfriend. Oh. So he had $10 million in lottery winnings and... He's going to be in jail for the rest of his life. What a waste! And he killed he killed his girlfriend before the winnings. No, after after the and winnings. Why? That's why. Just because he's a dick. Just because he's, he's a psycho. Yeah, yeah. So sad. That's horrible. Yeah, he was just a dude that you know worked at a power plant like Homer Simpson. Damn, you I know? still think we should do True Crime Rewind with Ed Gain. What? We are still doing that, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is true crime in real time. Okay. Yeah. You're getting all thrown off go, too. Yeah. Well, because I'm like, usually we do one or the other. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah, we always do both. <laughs> Not always. We don't always have a true crime in real time. We, we do we, now. We, we do for the last like six times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. God, I love having Jack here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Confusing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, when we come back, we've got some bitching to do. Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. All the first witness. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? All right. Welcome to On This Stand. This is the next portion of our podcast, Alexis. I'll let you know what we do for this part of the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Please talk to me like I'm five because I'm obviously on the struggle bus today. Um, for On The Stand, we're bringing something, person, place, thing, or idea to the stand. We're either prosecuting it or defending it, having a healthy discussion, and then we vote if it's guilty or not guilty at the end. I'm going to go first for On The Stand. Love that. Now, I just found this from our Facebook group as I was scrolling around um, from Rachel Elizabeth, and it had to do with one of our recent episodes. I think it might have been a Patreon episode, but somehow we were talking about going to the bathroom in a public restroom. Sure. I think that the on the stand might have been going in the stall right next to somebody else in a public restroom. I, I think can't it was, No, I think it maybe was somebody talking in the stall on the phone or something like That's that. That's something I've been yeah. on the stand a long time That's ago. Some, yeah. Anyways, so Rachel Elizabeth is putting on the stand, woman who squat to pee and then don't clean off the seat after. Ew. Yep. Now. <laughs> and she, by the way, she literally just posted this 44 minutes ago. In the, I know. In the and we group. have lots of comments on it. And honestly, <laughs> I'm like, I resonate with that so much because that is something that disgusts me because it happens so often that you're just trying to, you know, do your business and I'm not personally going to sit on top of this, but it is so nasty. Yeah. And then I'm cleaning it up because I feel bad. Yeah. Like, well, cause I don't want the next person to think it was me exactly. who left your, the, your piss on the seat. Yes. I hovered an appropriate way and I peed where I was meant to pee. And then you left your residue and now I'm going to feel judged. Exactly. Cause someone could like call me out on God. I know Gawker's not a thing, but like, I don't want to be the subject of, of like disparagement because you urinated the person before me on the seat. Yeah. I don't want to be labeled as a disgusting, seat, a seat urinator. No, you know, and At like, all. and I just, it's pretty crazy how many people do this. You could literally do it with like a seat cover, do it real quick. Throw, you don't have to flush. Just Throw Clean it, right it and throw it in there. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to 
you know, things yeah. could happen. All right. Th- things could happen. We'll it's say, very guilty. I don't know. I guilty. mean, I was we'll going to say, I don't think that anybody could say it's not guilty except for all of the people that do it all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> the I people are so much like, that's just my thing. I would love to hear if somebody is this type of a person, call into on the stand and let us know why. Yes. Explain your rationale. Cause like, yeah. I want to know your insight because maybe I'm overlooking somebody's experience. Yeah. And I want to know more. Yeah. Yes. Let us know. All, all right. right. Who's next? I'm, I'm going to go because I actually went to the, uh, the Facebook group, Holly Richter, uh, said on the stand, listening to audiobooks counts as reading the book, not freaking guilty. I agree. Mm-hmm. And th- counts. Wait, those are some double uh, like words. Re- uh, reading an audiobook counts as reading a book. Yeah, basically. it does. It does. Yes. It, right? yeah, yes. Are we all saying the same thing? Yeah. yeah. Yes, because there are some people, some you know, might be snobbish type people who would say mm, like, yes, "Oh, yes, I read yes. that. I read that book," and then you say like, "Well, you listened to that book. You didn't sit down and read that." Reading's book. hard. Reading's. You know what? Reading is hard. I don't, I literally do not have time to sit and read a book. I wish I did, but I don't because I'm like trying to do 500 things at once. And then my free time, I'd like to have a drink on a patio somewhere. Mm. But I can listen to an audiobook when I'm driving, when I'm cleaning, the same places you listen to a podcast. It opens Mm -hmm. up the possibility to quote unquote read things that you wouldn't be able to read. For me, reading is so hard. I've had to do it. Um, for example, I'm trying to read Billy's new book and like I have to, and it's not, <laughs> thank you. This is going to be a great endorsement. <laughs> no, this isn't about what I'm reading. Alexis's review. I tried to read it. I'm trying to read <laughs> no, it. This isn't about what I'm reading, but as someone with like severe fucking ADD, yeah. like when I'm home, literally I've been with Jack at my house and I'm like scrambling around a room, moving shit. She's like, dude, can you sit down? Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's with a, that's with a person yes. there yes. with, and we have an, an intention of things to do, Yeah. but I like bop around and Puts I can't around folk. a lot. That's right. Or I'll be like, Oh, let me adjust this window. Like once we're all settled, it's just, I can't stop. So I'm saying reading for me, I have to schedule and mm-hmm. be like, commit myself to reading and really like really try like drink caffeine before and really like focus <laughs> mm-hmm. whether it's a great work of art or not. Like I just, that's just mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. So audiobooks though are like solace. Cause like I can, I can focus when I'm driving. Yeah. Cause there's nothing else to distract. Yeah. Except driving. No, you're on autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, uh, driving you know, is so weird. Yeah. Driving so easy, but it's so weird that it's when you, when you, you really think, about, think about driving and all of the things that you have to do to like successfully drive and thinking about all of the people in the world that are not with it and like texting and drunk, like it's crazy that so many people drive. It it reveals a lot about norms and like people's adherence to, to norms, you know, because like everyone's trusting there's mutual deterrence. Like you don't want to get in a car accident. You'll get arrested. Your car will get fucked up. Like there are all these mutual reasons why everyone wants to drive safe, like safely. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of the best example of like mutual deterrence in, I think our society where everyone behaves until they don't. And then they die or get arrested. Like it's pretty clear in this world. I'm talking more about like all the things that have to happen in your body at the same time to Mm -hmm. be able to control a car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like split second decisions that your hand, both hands and your foot is doing. And then you're looking around, oh, your but then you're also talking to somebody. Like it's pretty impressive that the human body is capable of successfully driving cars. It is. Okay. <laughs> We're going back to the audio books now. <laughs> <laughs> they are real books. So not, not guilty to the person. Not guilty. Says, yes. You know, okay. I'm not into the idea of a person who has, is putting that on the stand. I know she was not. She, she was, was not. She was yeah, but no, there are but certain I, people. Yes. You and, know, it's just uh, And having just completed Get off your high horse. Having people just, are just trying to do their best. 
having just completed like reading my audiobook too, it, which is which is incredibly incredibly stressful. Yeah, it's like it's it's a it's a it's a thing. Yeah, in and of itself, but mm-hmm. it's definitely reading. Give it a listen. Yeah, I'm reading my audiobook in a couple days. I'm I am so excited. I'm not. It what? is. It's it's so daunting. It's, yeah. it's very daunting. And then you start tripping over the dumbest words. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you trip over it five times, and then, and then you you feel so ridiculous looking into the booth. And I'm just like, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like you're sitting here, look, watch me. I know. Yeah, Ugh, that's okay. Anyways, um, remember eat green apples because they get rid of um, saliva. Yeah, that sounds like. Let's better. talk about this something else. That's, <laughs> like, you know, I hate. You know, I hate saliva. Honestly, like I, he was about to go with the milk, and I knew what was coming next, and just I wasn't going with the milk. Everybody knows not to drink milk. All okay, right. we're done. Anyways, with this. all right. Well, um, when we come back, it's time for some true crime rewind. I, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't matter. Let's move this on. This is no joke. Our sloppiest episode. <laughs> Honestly, let's move on. I don't want to no, do it. You have to. Okay, mine's stupid. Okay, it's about something I really like. So I'm defending it, but no one's persecuted this. Okay, I love me some Topo Chico. Oh. I mean, I am a vodka soda gal, mm-hmm. and I used to be like, ooh, let me put some vodka in LaCroix or vodka in, uh, you know, some Pellegrino, weak-ass bubble water compared to oh, yeah. Topo. Like, it gives you this effervescent experience, and I'm telling you, Lee, I mean, I'm not this kind of person, but if I was hypothetically on vacation and I hypothetically went to bed with a drink next to my bedside <laughs> table and hypothetically was still on vacation in the morning and hypothetically wanted to still drink it, I could add ice to it and it would be just as effervescent. There is something very special about the Topo Chico bubble. Jared calls it the bite because yes. he is obsessed with Topo Chico. Um, it's kind of like the difference between Prosecco and champagne, like a good champagne because it has these like tiny, sharp, a million tiny little bubbles where like a Prosecco bubbles bigger and it tastes flatter. Yes. Like there really is nothing like a Topo Chico and so much that there's an entire cocktail dedicated, dedicated to it called ranch Ranch water. water. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is not an ad. It should be an ad. No, again, it's going to go viral (laughs) and we're going to miss out an opportunity. But the point is, is that like, yeah, no ranch water and ranch waters apparently have been a thing for a long time because Topo's just getting big here now in Texas. It's been big for a long time. Right. And Coca-Cola bought it. So who knows Um, what's going to happen with it. But they um, have those uh, sponsorship. It's it's honestly that good. It's really in so much so that like supply chain, it's hard to find. Mm -hmm. It's getting harder and harder to find. So I've never had it before. Oh my God. Doesn't surprise me. You know what would be really good in these Aperol spritzes that we're drinking? Yeah. It would give it like this like extra punch. Okay. We'll do that next time. Um, Jared did have a phase where he was drinking way too many of them. Yeah. Like he would drink multiple and I feel like a Topo Chico is you drink one One. at a time. Yeah. And then maybe one the next day. But Mm. like he was drinking six a day. Yes. Yeah. And he could not stop purping. (laughs) He was just like, what's happening to me? I'm like, maybe it's a hundred Topo Chico. You're going to float away with your, your like inflated. (laughs) All right. Well, Topo Chico, not guilty. I love it. Not guilty. Billy? Mm. Uh, Not guilty, I guess, because. There you go. That's enough. He's going (laughs) to, but he's going to try some now. Okay. Now it is time for some true crime rewind true crime yeah it's rewind time welcome back everyone to true crime rewind we are talking about Topo Chico. Uh, Topo Chico. No, but we're talking about um, movies that are based on real life killings. Now, uh, let's get into Psycho first. You know, the novel 
um, which was uh, written by a guy named Robert Block in uh, 1959. And the author credited uh, Ed Gain as the basis for Norman Bates. Now, um, Gain lived less than 50 miles from from his home in Wisconsin. They both carried out their killings in rural areas. They both had apparently oppressive moms that they created shrines for, and they mm-hmm. both they and both of them wore women's clothing. But as we know, that Gain uh, was a guy that would often, you know, make some crazy stuff uh, with uh, his victim's skin and things like that. So yeah. it's not, not a good thing. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I know. Are you okay? Yeah. What? Are you okay? I'm just <laughs> okay. <looking. All> right. <laughs> What the fuck did I do wrong? <laughs> it was a stance like you had like something profound to say. No, so we're, that's why like, we paused yeah. and we're waiting, we're waiting for you to say no, something. No, okay. I was just taking it all in. All right. So um, the one that we know, of it, so, so that's that's Psycho right there. Uh, another Which I feel one, like is kind of a little known fact. I think a lot of people know. They do? I didn't. I didn't either. Because I don't see the correlation at all. A stabbing in the shower... What does it have to do with like making? Yeah, well, I think it's the, it's the, the mom. mom. It was the, the mom, mom obsession, um, and like, did he have a mom obsession? Ed yes, Dean? yes, yes. I don't know much about him. Yeah, he was like obsessed and like had massive disdain for his mom, and that's the reason why he killed yeah. all these women. Well, that, well that's not the reason. The reason well, is fucking his, asshole. Well, his yeah. reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So another one, also with a creepy house. Now we're going to go to uh, where Alexis and I grew up on Long Island. Uh, and that's uh, the Amityville Horror House. Now, the Amityville Horror House, I think we've talked about this before. We did an episode on the Amity, Amityville. Amity. That's a tongue twister. Amity. Amityville Horror House recently for mm-hmm. Killing Time, where yeah. we kind of did a deep deep dive into it. A deep it. dive into it. But to, to remind you, this was a house that, um, you know, the this is kind of a weird one because the movie was based on this haunting that, that has been really proven as being fake. Um, uh, all the stuff that was going on. It's, it's been debunked. There was no ectoplasm. There was no foul odors. There was no black ooze. There was no, I don't know, gateway to hell in, Wasn't in the basement. Wasn't there like some kind of a pig? There was, yes, there was a pig. Yeah. Yes. There was like a floating, a a floating pig. pig, a demon floating pig. Yeah. Into that, actually. Yeah. Yes. But what it was, or, or there, there were apparently cloven hoof prints left behind in the snow. So why that could be true. Yes. The foul odors could also be true. Could be a deer. It could be like an animal that walked in and like took a shit and they couldn't. It's a little beep boop. Yeah. Around. Um, But there was no snow on the ground, by the way, when the, when the Lutzes, who is the family that, that had moved into this house. And the reason why they were saying that it was haunted is because um, a uh, few years uh, prior to that, a family had been murdered. Six of uh, family members were murdered in that house, and it turned out it was Ronald DeFeo Jr. who killed all of them. And they think it was because he was, you know, why kill the the, the dad and also the kids? They kind of went, you know what? It's this guy because he wants the life insurance. So, mm, And then so was that other family, they found out they were just making it up? Yeah, they were just making it up. Opportunity like for money? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the book sold a, a ton. You know, books sold, you know, I mean, that was like... So they sold their life story to this... Sort of, yeah. ...author? To, yeah. To cash in? I think the guy's name is Jay Anson, if I remember correctly. And, um, but in the late... Could have been, could have been me. <laughs> I mean, like, I want a haunted house, sell those rights. I mean... Anybody can do anything these days. Yeah, but honestly, the- like no shame in it. If you live in a scary ass house, I'm sorry, and maybe you're taunted by the psychological sort of like aspects of it. Well... That's the thing. How could they prove that they didn't see that? They can't. Like, how could they prove that's false? If it exists in your mind, then it's true. And I think, you know, it's like 
if it exists in your mind, then it's real <laughs> and you can sell it as a book. Like, what's the problem? It's not a lie if you believe it. That's right. George Costanza. It's not a lie if you believe it. Yeah, so, it's, the, it's your reality. I mean, there, this was... I mean, <laughs> what is reality anyway? That's right. I mean, there was a big, uh, you know, the, a time period of, you know, the, the late 60s, early 70s, where you had all of these horror novels that 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 just overtook the country. You had Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. You had The Exorcist. Then you had Amityville Horror and uh, Salem, Salem's Lot. And then, you know, then we saw Poltergeist and, and that kind of thing, which is still, by the way, Poltergeist was PG in the theater. Which is crazy because <laughs> it's pretty terrifying. Can I tell you what I, an admission that's kind of embarrassing? What? So Poltergeist, like, I didn't know what that was. I saw a parody of it as a child on a cartoon and it was poultry geist and it was a raw chicken floating around <laughs> mm-hmm. and it, it must've been, I don't fucking, I don't know. I don't know what cartoon it was, but it was a raw chicken like haunting people. And that's, I shit you not what I thought it was for <laughs> how for, long until pretty recently, <laughs> like, because I'm not into paranormal stuff. So yeah. it's not like I would have watched it to be like, here's what poltergeist is. I thought it was poultry geist and I thought it was a raw chicken, like haunting everyone. I'm sure that's happened before. <laughs> you know? All right, you're so sweet for trying to make me feel better. Yeah. But the thing is, is that like, how would you know unless you saw Poltergeist? Well, that's the weird thing is that I'm, I Poultry mean... Poltergeist actually makes a lot more sense we, considering how much chicken we all eat. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of angry chicken goes no, out there. No, when, no. They, when they decide to rise up, it's... <laughs> it's it's Especially all the poor factory farmed chickens now. But you have to yes. acknowledge this, like... I'll be with Jack sometimes and I'll see a dog. We saw a dog recently on our birthday trip. Her name's Beth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Jack, that dog looks like a raw chicken. She does. Like, it's something, she personally does look like it, a raw chicken. It co- but it comes up a lot for me where mm-hmm. I'm like, that looks like the fucking Ooh. poultry geist. Uh, uh-huh. It's deep in your brain. In- ingrained. It yes. is. All right. So the last one we're going to talk about is Scream. Mm-hmm. And as you know, um, and this is another one, but Alexis, you were talking about this as well. Um, Danny Rowling. You know, we had a we had a first degree episode about this. Mm-hmm. When was that? It was back in uh, probably a couple, couple months. A couple ago. months ago, yeah. So Danny Rowling in August of nineteen ninety, as everybody was moving into school and in, um, in Gainesville, Florida, he murders five students. And the screenwriter of Scream, Kevin Williamson, he was watching TV and saw a special about the Gainesville murders when he was living in Los Angeles and it freaked him out so bad. And he had this idea of like, what if there was a knife wielding stalker inside the house that he was a guest in? And he decided the, you know, it, it, it really did inspire the opening scene. And then it went on from there. I know, but I think everyone's always surprised to hear this because like, it doesn't really align with what happened all that much. No. Cause it was in uh, Woodsboro, which is a made up town. It wasn't in Florida. It was like, there was no mask. And, and there was a connection between the people involved in scream. Mm-hmm. You know, this was like totally at random. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I understand the inspiration for this like insular town vibe, but eh, I see why people are surprised. It's a reach. It's, the, a reach. it's a, it's a reach. Yeah. It's it's a very loose thing that inspired it. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? Inspiration is inspiration. So. Inspiration is inspiration, baby. So there you go. So um, that are that is it. That are. And now we're going. Are. That are is it. And buffering. We're going to, buffering. And we're gonna we're gonna uh, hear about the worst things that you've done, and hopefully they're not as bad as the ones that we just talked about. They're not. Hey, Worsty Firsties, we're excited for another installment of yours and our favorite segment. Sorry, guys, you know this is one everyone's waiting for. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, you know what? You're all good people. You're listening to a true crime podcast because you love true crime. And you know that what's good is good and what's bad is bad. Mm-hmm. But we're here to be your sort of confessionals. And uh, we are just going to jump right into our first one. Let's do it. Hi, I am calling for the worst thing that I've ever done. Um, I went to a pretty small school um, for college and we had a Greek life and I was in a sorority there and I lived in our sorority house and there was one year where I was kind of in charge and making sure like the house was always picked up and things were done and I lived with um, anywhere between like seven to 12 people, just depending on the time. And there was one girl in particular who just never cleaned up after herself. And I was always on her about like cleaning up um, and taking her stuff back up to her room. And there was one weekend in particular where we had like an event going on at her house or something. And she just would not pick up like her stuff in the living room and she had like clothes everywhere, just like down in our common spaces. So I finally just took her clothes and some of them I gave back over time. But like to this day, I have one of her cardigans hanging in my closet. And as I say, this is like not an awful thing, but I think about it often. I wear this cardigan places because it's a nice cardigan. And it's cute and comfy, but like, kind of savage for me, I guess, to just take her stuff. But I was like, we were adults, and I was like, just clean up your stuff, and this will never happen. And I guess it was just my way of kind of getting back at having to nag her all the time. Anyway, thanks so much. Love you guys. I actually love your take on this, because I've actually been the victim of a take on this that is not actually validated in the way yours is let's talk about you first yeah so first of all if you warn someone over and over again like hey don't leave your shit in a communal space or it will become communal property that's sort of like that's sort of the unwritten law of having communal spaces you did warn yeah have respect for communal spaces because that's Mm -hmm. communal shit you can't leave your personal things in a communal space and expect it to be respected as personal stuff right so i think your logic here is completely founded Mm mm-hmm um, you did nothing wrong. And in fact, that is your cardigan because a communal property is shared property and she had it for a while and now you have it. Yeah. I don't think you should feel bad. I think the logic is there. That being said, <laughs> I have a friend from, I don't know if she listens to this podcast. She's my friend from my school. Her name's Lisa. Hi Lisa. If you do, oh God. she would laugh at this. Uh, but I didn't think it was funny at the time. One time I had her over with a group of friends and, um, everyone left then I saw her like at school or something and she was wearing like my necklace. I was like, Lisa, that's my necklace. And she was like, finders keepers. Oh my God. But she found it at my home. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not and how my best friend Rita works. is probably listening to this. My best friend from home, Rita, you're probably laughing because Lisa was like, kind of like our, like, you know, loophole Lisa. She would find little loopholes and you but can't, that, but you that's couldn't not a get, loophole. It was funny when she did it. Honestly, it was funny. I can't explain it. Um, I remember getting weirded out (laughs) and feeling gaslit and tricked. Yeah. But for some reason, she was so funny about it and she'd give it back and it wasn't a big deal that it was like, but that's not cool. (laughs) 
I love that. Finders keepers, but in when I came into your property and decided that what I found that is your personal property is mine. But I'm sorry, she had the charisma where I just was like, okay, fair enough. (laughs) I love it. She gave it back. But she was so, again, it's proof that like confidence in any scenario, she didn't get defensive. Yeah. She was. She's like, yeah, finders keepers, and I had my turn, and you can have it back. And I was like, what? The gumption, you <laughs> and know? And then we're all just laughing, and I was like, because she wasn't defensive, and it was didn't feel like a theft. She, like, gaslit you a little bit. Yeah, but, like, I felt better being gaslit. Yeah. Like, I didn't have to be like, my friend stole from me. It turned yeah. into a joke. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, when we all talk about people with charisma who get away, like, that's that. Yeah. Because I was tricked into thinking, like, of course, finders keepers. Like she found it, That's and then she saying. gave it she back. She you. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And you know what? Lisa owns like three homes on Long Island, and I own none. And I'm like, maybe she's onto something. Mm-hmm. Maybe she finders kept those houses. Those homes. A little squatting yes. action. Lisa, yeah, exactly. they're hers Lisa, now. I admire you. Like that is some gumption and conviction, and like confidence in any scenario. I wish yeah. I had. All to bring it back to full circle. You were actually truly entitled to take those items. If you had warned this person and it was your job to oversee the functionality of this sorority house, like, of course, that is your sweater, my friend. Mm -hmm. If you don't take it, Taylor Swift will take it. She loves a cardigan. Amen. Yes. All right. right. Billy, anything to add? I have nothing to add for that. Alexis is on a roll. (gasps) On to the next. On to the next. Hi, guys. So I've been listening thinking about my work thing and trying to recall like what would it be what would it be and I guess I repressed this because today while I was listening it just came rushing back and I was like holy shit that was terrible so uh, this is back a like end of college so I don't know eight years ago and I had just rented a rather large farmhouse with a good girlfriend of mine and her sister and with the three of us, we were already kind of like, oh, Glenn's going to be a little bit tight, but okay, at least there's three of us. It'll be fine. No big deal. So literally the night before we're going to move in, the sister bails. And I'm like, okay, we've already, like, we're already committed. All my shifts and boxes, like, I got to do this. We got to do this. But now we're like, oh, my God, let's scramble and find other roommates because we can't really afford this. So, like, we're going to do it. Oh, my God. So I was over the house with completely by myself. My best friend came over so that I could show her the house. And I'm walking her through the house, and I'm like, we're upstairs, and I'm showing her everything. And she's like, what happened with the sister? Like, what happened? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I can't believe it. Like, I can't believe she would leave a strand like this. Like, what a fucking bitch. Like, she's just the worst. Like, I can't believe it. I'm pretty sure I called her the C word, which, like, I'm not proud of. <laughs> anyway, as I'm saying all these terrible things about her because I'm super pissed, I round the corner, and there she is. So, apparently, she had stopped by to bring a box to her sister or something, whatever, and she heard everything. She heard me completely dragging her, and I was horrified. And I was just like, oh, hi, oh, like, I was joking around, but, like, there was no way out. Like, I was not joking around. I just called you all those terrible things. And I felt awful. And, like, meanwhile, I moved in. Like, I lived with her sister for over a year. Like, I saw this woman frequently. She lived, like, two doors down. So, like, she was over a lot, and I just always had to try to look her in the eye after calling her the worst words ever. So not my finest hour. Very embarrassing. So if you're going to talk shit, <laughs> sure they're not in the house with you. <laughs> all right. Love you guys. You know what? Me and Jack and all of our friends, we went, we had a phase for a while where we were watching The Bachelor mm-hmm. and 
like, I think a therapy, there's a therapeutic aspect of this where we're getting out some talking shit, but talk shit on people you don't know. That's right. In the comfort of your safety. But like, it's getting, we're getting this weird phase in the world where like, there's no safety Mm -hmm. from being criticized or, or judged for what you say. Yeah. And like, I, my advice is it's like, find an outlet and don't put yourself at risk. But in this particular situation, look, the the woman who you were talking about did do a shitty thing, yeah. right? And maybe you're, I'm like you, maybe you're a people pleaser and it's like it would have been uncomfortable to say to her face. That being said, maybe it was true. And maybe we also have to just like not be worried about what people think when we tell them the truth. Yeah. That's, that's a weakness I have where I'm like, I think truths all day, but then I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with the consequences of telling them the truth. Right. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you have to. And maybe like the people who get far in life are the people who tell the truth and don't give a fuck. Amen. Can't be afraid of the truth is all. Yeah. So it's like, just tell it. And you know, maybe what you should have done when she turned the corner has been like, I meant it. Mm-hmm. This you're fucking us all over. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and then she'd be like, "Well, what am I gonna say? That's yeah. true." Yeah, just get ready to have some conviction and behind. But I get it. It's scary. It's like, uh, do I want to deal with the anxiety of like the social implications of telling people the truth? It's like, no, of course not. But yeah. that's what you have to do. Yeah, you didn't do anything wrong. This is not a worsty firsty. You're the bestie. all right alexis i know that you don't have a costanza prepared so i'm gonna let you just wing a freestyle poem will you try to like give me a word to rhyme to okay so the subject of today was psycho but i feel like Mm -hmm. psycho is a hard word to rhyme trust me i went in the word dictionary it was not easy so if we could find out like george costanza hates to take a shower when he's in there naked and vulnerable, he feels he has no power. Oh. Nora Bates could come around the corner at any moment and kill him. <laughs> With a... F- oh, Billy, would you like to step in? <laughs> With the what? With a knife-shaped flower. Oh, that was poetic. That doesn't rhyme. Yes, it did. Shower. Well, no, that will kill him. And then it had to rhyme with him. I would t- oh, you were you were doing a, a run, and then his life would be pretty dim. <gasps> okay. Holy shit! <laughs> we ended there. Norman yeah. Bates and George Costanza are the same person. Fuck. <laughs> That's it, guys. All right, we're done. <laughs> we're done. We tried. We tried. <laughs>